0: Get down to business. Thanks
1: for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step by step
2: booklet
1: for you to get. Now I make money, moves. You can't see me. My time is now, 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 now. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Medsell. I am your host. Guys, I have a very special guest for you on this episode. Sitting across from me is the world famous Rob Ferrante. World famous here. Yeah, mate. I heard, I heard. heard, I heard uh, well, I've messaged you already because uh, it, was a couple, it was a couple months ago now, I reckon. Yeah, late last year. Wasn't it? Late last year, late yep. in 2020. Good yep. way to finish 2020 off. You were awarded um, Best Barber mm. in South Australia. Yeah. And I said, that's fucking bullshit. Because he's definitely the best barber in the whole world. It was a big call. <laughs> big call. I was like, hey, I want to recount. I was shocked he even get South Australia. You this, this reckon the world. Is, so I'll take fraud, that. This is fraudulent <laughs> boat count in this shit. This is worldwide. Man, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you Honored for here. Uh, Thank you for making the time. We've uh, we've been trying to put this together for, for quite some time yeah. now. we had, you know, we had to cancel and then we had to reschedule and this and that, but we're yeah. here now. And I'm super excited because I've known you for a bunch of years. Yep. Obviously, we met through Robbie's Chop Shop. Yep. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Rob is the creator, owner, uh, the 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 man of Robbie's Chop Shop, which uh, those of you who follow me on Instagram would see me post about. When I come see you once every three, four weeks, right? Yeah. I b- yeah. probably should be more frequent. A little but, bit, but But once every three, scheduling. four weeks, I'm always in Robbie's Chop Shop. Robbie takes care of me, and that's why I've taken extra time with my hair. Today for I'm those impressed. of you watch for those of you watching the podcast, uh, because Did you know, be proud today. Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, men, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show because your story is quite unique. Yeah. and it has ebbs and flows that I know so many of our listeners are going to take so much value from, Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to business, Yeah. particularly when it comes to relationships, and particularly when it comes to life in general. And yeah. that's what we try and do on the show is deliver practical and strategic advice to help people level up in different areas of their life. And I know that you guys are just really going to enjoy uh, this chat that Rob and I have today. So I wanted to start, man, just by... Getting the Rob Ferrante origin story, Yep, you know, because those of the people who know you at this point, and this is, this happens all the time, right? You see someone who's, who's achieved success and you see them at that point and you see what they've accomplished and you see all of the. You know, Success and the glory, and exactly, The, the fun stuff, and exactly. All the fucking rainbows and Lambos yeah. and all that sort of shit. But there's always a backstory, and 100%. you don't often get the opportunity to tell people your backstory. Yeah. And so that's why I like, that's where I want to start today. Is you know where did you come from? What has been your experience up until this point? Where did Robbie's Chop Shop come from? How did you get it to where it is today? You know, let's 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 go there. Let's jump straight in.
0: So. I've been in the industry about, I think it's 23 years this year. I started when I was 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, started, you know, sweeping at a barbershop close to school. Um, I actually wagged school a couple of times to go there. Parents found out. The guys ended up saying, look, we'll, we'll give him a little job after school if yeah. he keeps going to school, that sort of thing. Um, did that for a couple of years,
1: loved it knew that's what I wanted where did the where did the inspiration come from to like take interest in a barbershop
0: my non nonno was a barber man and he yeah. used to tell me stories about back in the village and you know the the, the barbershop was the the place where the guys used to hang out yeah. they used to come there and tell their stories and talk about you know world politics and Everything that was right and wrong with the world and right and wrong in, you know, the village and home and whatever and mini mean, mini counseling session yeah, it back was in the just homeland. The, the place to be. The place yeah, to be. Yeah. And I just always was fascinated with it and yeah. thought that's that's magic to have somewhere like that where you can just go and be whatever. Mm. There's no there's no better thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. So that was my interest in it. And it just stemmed from there, and then, you know, got the opportunity to start and then got sick of school, mm-hmm. left school, got a job at a salon, um, because the barbershops were just not not as popular as they are, obviously now.
1: Yeah. Um, and just for the, for the listeners and the viewers, the difference between a barbershop and a salon. The sex. The gender. The gender. Right. So barbershop is predominantly men. Yep. Sometimes, and like Robbie's Chop Shop is now male only. Yep. So only men. Yep. Salons are predominantly women. Yep. Sometimes only women. Yep. But generally service females more than males. 100%. Okay. Yep. So that's,
0: you know, there was very good and very bad things about going into that industry. You know, like obviously it wasn't what I was passionate about, but it taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, different ways of, you know, cutting and doing my craft and, Mm. uh, different experiences with different people. And I got to do a lot of crazy stuff and see a lot of crazy things and, Mm. you know, it's all part of what's brought me here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, jumped between salons and barbershops for a few years and then got to the stage where I, I thought I was sick of the industry, um, and was trying a few other things. And then met a guy, he had a shop, um, went and worked for him for a little while. He ran into some problems with his business partner at the time,
2: mm.
0: decided to leave and I helped him set up a shop on Hut Street. Uh, I was there for a couple of years. He wanted to go one way, I wanted to go another way, um, Then at the time I had started seeing my now ex-wife and the shop that she was at was up for sale. Mm. So we ended up buying that um, and we had that for eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a salon. I think we had at one stage 14 girls working there, like,
1: you know, Busy shop. Decent, decent sized business.
0: Decent sized business. Yeah.
1: Um, Especially for like at that time you're in your mid twenties, right? Early to yeah, mid twenties. Early twenties. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, never really had to deal
1: with the business side of
0: things. The shop that we had, you know, me and my friend, we, we, it was just us. Yeah. Um, So there was no staffing issues or anything like that, mm. which is what you get when you, when you go into sort of. Small business, essentially, medium business. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, you you get some issues with that and then also working with your partner, Mm. which I know is, you know, one thing that people are going to be interested in hearing. It comes with its own set of problems and issues and all that kind of stuff. Challenges and, you know, good and bad and all that kind of stuff. So... And then, yeah, like I said, we had that for about eight or nine years. Uh, and I got to the stage where I wasn't happy there. It, uh, I think it actually happened on my on my Bucks night. Um, one of my friends, we were sitting down having a drink and having a chat on the night. Mm. And he said to me, he said, if you could do anything, if money was no object, mm. if you could do anything with your life, what would you do? And I said, I'd, I'd just go back to barbering. I'd just. Have a chair somewhere and yeah. just cut and talk shit and do what I love and that's it. And he looked at me and said, "Dude, you can you can do that." Like mm. that's like lots of people say these out, outlandish things that they'll never be able to do because it's just not feasible and you know they don't have the skill set, they yeah. you know, don't have the financial backing or whatever. He said, "You can you can do that." That mm. was pretty much it. That started me on the journey to looking for a shop and found the, you know, one on King William and started building. And before I knew it, I was, I was there and opened up and then we sold the, the salon and Robbie's Chop Shop just kept growing and growing.
1: (laughs) And here I am. (laughs) And there you go. So you've got, uh, you know, I I just want to get to that point and kind of flesh out the last five, six years, yep. right? Because people who know Robbie's Chop Shop now, you know, it's it's the world's best barber, as I mentioned. It's quite well established. Yep. You've got the big premise on King William Road um, at Hyde Park here in South Australia. But, it you know, you didn't just go like straight there, right? Nah, Once nah. again, you kind of went from the salon with your ex-partner, ex-wife yep. to uh, that was a business. And you mentioned, you know, 14 staff at that point. yeah You know, reasonably sized business back down to literally just you in the chair. That's it. Right. And you have a funny story about um, you had a couple of chairs set yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. But- so as,
0: <laughs> as, I, as I've told you before, yeah. is I, I picked this spot. It was, I think it was about 30 square meters, the original shop. Yeah. It was small. It was exactly what I needed. I was happy just to have, you know, me there yeah. just doing my thing. Um, and as I've said to you before, I, I put two chairs in there mm. for aesthetic reasons. That was it. I never thought it would be. I thought I oh, maybe one day I'll use one chair. The next day I'll use the other chair yeah. just to mix it up. Yeah. But I was like, it looks stupid with one chair. I'll put two <laughs> chairs in. I'll make it look a little bit nicer. Yeah. And that was it. And then, as I said, the first within the first oh, six weeks, it just started to boom. Just, yeah. it was in an area where I'd grown up. Mm. Um, I hadn't lived in the area for close to eight or nine years. Um, So almost me coming back to the area, I had a lot of local friends and family in the area and a lot of people who wanted to show me support and get the word out and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, I'm forever grateful for. Mm -hmm. A couple of family members have shops on the the street as well, which was really good. Um, And, yeah, so before I knew it, I was in way too deep and had too many customers for me to handle. Yeah. Um, And my two best mates are barbers as well. So I said to them, please, like, I just, you know, if either of you could do a day a week and just Mm. help me out when it's, you know, busy and all that kind of stuff. And that turned into, you know, two days a week each and three days a week and so on and so on. Um, We were doing some big hours. We were doing uh, seven days a week, 12-hour days. Mm. Uh, I took two days off in the first year.
1: I just smashed it. Grind, man. Yeah,
0: just getting it done. Um, And the boys loved it. They, you know, we were just having fun. I mean, hanging out with your two best mates, Mm. day in, day out, talking rubbish and making some money and having fun. It's You don't get much better than that. Um, And then it got to the stage where it was – I sort of had to slide a third chair in. Mm. The aesthetics were off. <laughs> it was ruining, was <laughs> ruining ruin my everything. vibe. It was ruining my vibe. Yeah. And the back of the shop came up. The guy who had a, a business in the back of the shop wasn't doing too well. And I turned to him one day and said, look, if you want to leave, I'll, I'll take over the whole lease. And that was it. We uh, Within, I think, three days we closed down for, stripped the shop out, put five chairs in,
2: Mm.
0: found a couple more guys and it just boomed from there again, you know, and it, it was good. It was, you know, we had a good year and a half, I think, in there like that with five chairs and, you know, massive setup and it was good. Um, and then it got to the stage where I was at the end of my lease Mm. and I thought, wow, do I, do I level up again? Yeah. And the shop right across the road came up for lease. And I thought this has got to be it has got to be a sign. like mm. this is you're literally just dragging stuff across the road. So we did it. we We built that, it took us about two months while we were still open, obviously. We did it after hours. Uh, we put ten chairs in, leveled up again, and then opened up and went out with a you know went off with a bang, and people went crazy, and we mm. you know all sorts of stuff was happening. And then it got to the stage where I had probably about 14 guys working for me again, again, (laughs) come full circle again. right? Yeah. And then it was going for about a year like that. And then I separated from my ex-wife and it was a bit of a shock. Like it was not, you know, it It was not out of the blue. Mm. It had been something that had been talked about on and off. Um, But I didn't realise how much it would affect me just in day-to-day stuff. You know what I mean? Like just things get in your head Mm. that takes you away from what you love, you know, when you love what you do at work. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, I'm thinking about this other thing and- it became sort of a bit hard to do what I was passionate about, mm-hmm. um, and then at that time, I had been approached by my now ex business partner, yep. who sort of swooped in and said, "No, nah, I'll save the day. I'll, I'll take care of the back end business stuff for you, and I'll, you know, I'll help with this, you know, divorce, and we'll make sure that you know you." you looked after and everything's good and take some stress off of you and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, wow, this is, you know, this is what I need. This is the next step for me is going to be, you know, having a business partner and all this kind of stuff. And then that turned into his idea to expand the shop and open a second location. Mm. We opened one down at Port Adelaide. um, And that was okay. You know, nothing wrong with it. The shop did relatively well. and then a few months after that, we opened another one in uh, Fullerton. Um, the same sort of thing that was doing relatively well. Um, but as you know, with multiple locations, they have their ups and downs as well. And when my business partner was at the back end, so he could only, you know, that was his job. He did the the back end, the paperwork, the financials, all that kind of stuff. So when the... When something happened in the shop, that was up to me. Mm. So I was no longer in my double chair shop doing what I loved and, you know, having a laugh with the boys. I was chasing around three shops and managing staff and jumping in when someone was sick and, you know, covering for someone's annual leave day. And, you know, oh, this one's a bit busier today. Can you come down and help out? All that kind of crazy stuff.
1: All the day to day operational. Challenges challenges. when you're dealing with, because at that point you got, so you got three, you got three shops, you got 14 guys at one shop, the Port Adelaide, how many chairs you have in Port Adelaide?
0: We we spread them out. So we had four chairs at Port Adelaide and two chairs at Fullerton. Yeah. But because we had the 14 guys and we knew that obviously opening the other shops would take away from the main one, Mm. we then spread out the 14 guys and, you know. Hide one here and hide one there and yeah, all that okay. kind of stuff. But yeah. we, we pretty much had around that sort of fourteen mark most of the time. Yeah. Um. But as you know, you can't obviously just hire as many people as you want because yeah. you have to pay them. You know. So you have to juggle that with the amount of business that's coming in. Mm. So yeah, then it got to the stage where I, I sort of looked at myself and thought. <sighs> am I happy? And I just wasn't. I was not doing what I liked. Mm. I wasn't a fan of, I didn't ever want to have more than one shop. Yeah. Um, to me, it, it wasn't a shop. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it's not a business. It's a passion. Yeah. It was, this is the place where I do my stuff and that's it. It's not a business or a scalable, you know, entity or anything like that. So when I saw it becoming that, it hurt. Mm. And then some of the things that my business partner was doing I really didn't like. Um, So that took me to the place where I was like, no, I just pretty much the same thing, just sort of woke up one day and went, not happy with this, sat the business partner down and said, you got to leave. Done. Thank you very much. See you later. Um, Sold the shops off, kept King Will. Went back there, picked, you know, took my pick of the crew, took the guys that were going in the same direction as me mm. that were there for the, the same reason, said, okay, this is what we're doing. We're changing it up. We're going back old school and that's it. Now we're possibly even going to scale it back again um, just to strip it back from all the, the crap that it turned into and bring it back to the heart of the, of
1: Robbie's chop shop, and that's where we are today. And that's where we are today, <laughs> man. It's uh, so so many ebbs and flows in your journey, and there's a couple of things that I want to really kind of take a deep dive into because I think that the the listeners uh, are going to be able to get so much value out of these yep. different areas of your life in both uh, business, obviously, because you've had so many different uh, business experiences. You know, scaling business, scaling up, scaling down, moving location, dealing with uh, a lot of staff, coming back to a few staff, being able to start. You've just had, you know, you've effectively packed like 30 years of business experience into like. (laughs) Fifteen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is amazing, and you know it's so valuable to have you share these insights. Uh, and then in the relationship, so you you know you briefly touched on the fact that you you know the the first proper salon you were in was with your ex partner. Yep. You ended up marrying. You have a, a girl a little, together, yep, daughter yep. together as well. And then that relationship um, you didn't go as planned, and you were dealing with that at the same time. So there's so many different bits and pieces, but I really want to start with. You know, uh, obviously you knew from a a very young age what it was you were passionate about. Yeah. Right. Like, you you know, you mentioned the story with your nonno and, you know, just trying to sweep shit up in barbershops and, you know, you kind of like he knew that that was what, you know, was going to. Set your soul on fire, yeah. as, as I like to say. Yeah, And it's one of those things, it's similar to me, right, because I knew that I was passionate about supplements, you know, uh, not as early as you, but kind of similar, yeah. um, you know, as a, as a teenager. It's difficult to make the decision to go and pursue something like that that, you know, isn't kind of up in lights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one, no one thinks that, you know, okay, cool. You're passionate about being a barber that you, you know, you're going to, you're going to build the number one barbershop in the world, in my personal opinion, but definitely as the people have voted in, in South Australia, for sure. How do you get the courage to kind of go, you know what? I don't, I don't really give a fuck what anyone else thinks. This is what I want to do. And it's what's going to make me happy, and I know that if I commit myself to it, I can do world changing things. Yeah, I can do world class things. I can do the sort of I can achieve the sort of success that most people will never be able to achieve. Yeah, how do you make that decision? I
0: mean, it all comes down
1: like like you said. It's not. It's definitely not for everyone.
0: I know people that are, that are my age now, you know, early thirties, yeah. and still don't know what they're passionate about. Yeah, it's. I was very lucky in that. I knew it very early on mm. and I'm very lucky in the fact that I've always been able to make money and you know survive and sort of work with what I've got and all that kind of stuff, so the decision to jump out of school was another easy one. I hated school, yeah, I always hated school and i i don't I don't like saying it a lot because I don't like to give people the opinion that Oh if you don't like school just leave and you'll yeah. be fine. Everything people can turn that work. into a
1: cop out real quick. Yeah. Right? Like yeah.
0: it's a grind out mm. of school. Schools like easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you don't like it because you don't care about the grades and stuff. It's very easy to just stay there and, you know, sort of coast coast your way through yeah. it. Um but I really didn't like it and I thought why am I doing that when I really feel passionately about what I do? Yeah. You know, I, I, this is what I want. Mm. Um, so testing the waters, I was very lucky in the fact that I could sort of test the waters at work and still go to school and sort of juggle that for a a couple of years. Um, and then it got to the stage where I just really wasn't in school. And I thought, and my parents said, yeah, cool. You can go. Mm. Let's give it a shot. Um, and like you said, it's not a, a general industry where, you know, oh, everyone wants to do it. It's not, you know, uh being a footy star or being, you know, this famous, you know, actor or whatever, whatever it is that, you yeah. know, everyone wants to be. Um, and when I started, when I left school, I think I was from memory, I think I was getting paid dollar eighty-six an hour, <laughs> <laughs> which was roughly about 70 bucks a week. Yeah. And I used to smoke back then as well. And Peter Stivey's were about $6 a packet. Yeah. I used to smoke a couple of packets a day. So I barely pay for my cigarettes <laughs> with what I was making <laughs> from the shop. Um, But I always made do. Yeah. I always found other ways to sort of, you know, get by. Um, And if you're passionate about something, you can always make it work. Mm. You know what I mean? I didn't leave school to make millions of dollars are left to be happy. Mm. Um, And as we've talked about many times is you get to a stage later on in life, you know, we found it sort of in our thirties where you realize that happiness is what it's all about. It's, it's got to be happiness over everything. Mm. If it doesn't make you happy, why are you doing, it? you know, you can make extra money for so long being unhappy, but you end up spending that money trying to make yourself happy. Yeah. And you're in no better position than if you just follow your
1: heart and what you want to do. It's just a vicious cycle, man. You know, I think that, you know, there's some listeners that can probably resonate with, you know, perhaps they're in school, most likely they're in university and probably just coasting by and they're not really vibing what they're doing and they don't really know what they want to do, which is completely fine. Like a lot of people, you know, you and I were able to find it at a very early age, but at the same time, you know, we were, we had our eyes open to look for it, you know, like a lot of, a lot of times you know, people speak to me and they're like, you know, I just don't know what I want to do. I haven't found anything I'm passionate about. Nothing, you know, is the last thing I think about at night when I go to sleep and the first thing I think about in the morning. And a lot of the time it's because you're just not even open to it. Yeah. You're not even, your eyes are not even open because you, you, you I don't know what it is. Perhaps you're a distracted. Time,
0: a lot of the time it's because there's too many options these days. Yeah, I mean, the world that we live in now is crazy. There's, yeah. you can be, Anything, you know what I mean? If you want to be an astronaut, you Mm. could be an astronaut. It's very achievable to be anything you want, which is almost overwhelming in the fact that if I make the wrong decision now, I'm ruined. Mm. Where as we've talked about before, it's not. You can make hundreds of wrong choices, but it's all about how you grow and learn from them and where you go next that's important hundred percent. So, you know, I see a lot of, I get a lot of dudes through the shop, you know, that are just leaving school and going to uni and all that kind of stuff. And they go through that thing of, oh, I only got this amount of points. I can get into these subjects, but mm. I don't really feel passionate about that, but I'm doing this so I can get into this later on. And I mean, if you can do that, that's good. But a lot of the time, as you've you've said, you'll just coast until sort of something falls in your lap or whatever. But, it's the sooner you are aware of what you want mm. the better you're going to be
1: you know the other thing that i find as well man is sometimes people actually they they, they like they know what they're passionate about right they know what uh, what they really want to do but they're afraid of doing it. So they kind of turn, they they turn their back on it. Right. Is they kind of like, "Uh, or it's not what other people would consider a good job or a good career or it's cool or whatever. There's three, there's three things. There's, it always comes back to these, these three things. The first thing, is the fear of failure, yep. the fear of what if I go and do this and it doesn't work. Yep. The second thing is the fear of other people's opinions, 100%. right? What's What are my parents going to say? What's my partner going to say? What uh, What's my brother or sister or sibling? What's my best friend going to say? Yep. And then the third thing is self-doubt. Yeah, Can I actually do this? Uh, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Those and are when the three things. And when
0: you're coasting in life, it's very easy to say, yep. oh, I'll leave it until exactly. next year or yep. you know, I'll leave
1: it till this happens. Yep. And, Never fucking happens. Yeah. Never fucking happens. Nah. You got to pull the pin. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's about taking risks, man. At some point you got to have the, the courage to go, you know what? Fuck. I don't give a fuck if I, if I fail, who cares? Failing is good. Exactly. Failing is good. This is my thing. I don't understand why there's so much negativity attached to it. As Probably even people can see from this story
0: now. Yeah, I have gone up and down. Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, and even now, the the fear of failing is not. I love it mm. because it's a chance to learn. It's the only way you learn, man. This is what I did wrong. This yeah. is what happened. How do I fix that and move on from it? Yeah, and I'm at the stage now where I'm. I say, all right, I'm almost 35. If I can get to 35 and I'm on the right track, Mm. I'm I'm back to being happy again. I tried the multiple businesses, I tried this, I tried that. I'm back to being passionate. If I can do that by
2: 35,
0: Mm. I'm blessed. 35 is, you know, I feel old as shit most days, but I'm still, (laughs) I've still got a big life ahead of me. You know, touch wood. Yeah. But at the same time, if it all goes downhill again, Mm. I'm fine. I'm always going to be fine. Yeah. I can make, you know, I can turn around. I could lose it all tomorrow. I can always cut hair mm. somewhere. I can always make a couple of bucks. Yeah. I can always work out a way to provide. Yeah. If you have that mindset of you're not afa- afraid to grind, mm. to get what you want, you can't fail.
1: And you know what the other thing is as well, man, is the the more that you – take these risks and the more that you say, you know what, I I'm going to confront the fear of failure. Yeah. I'm going to confront the fear of other people's opinions. I'm going to confront my own self doubt. The more frequently you do that, the easier it becomes to continue to do yeah, that. Right. It's, it's literally like a skill, yep. you know, but you got to take the first step. That's it. You got to just, you got to, you got to, you got to take that first step. Yep. That's it. And it goes from there. That's it. I want to, uh, I want to dive into the, you, your, I want to get really granular with your business experience, man, yep. because one of the things that that a lot of business um, listeners and viewers I get a lot of DMs about growing business, scaling business. How do I get my business to the next level? You know, I'm at this certain point in business. I'm trying to level up. What advice can you give me? What did you do? So on and so forth. Yep. And so you've kind of had this. Uh, roller coaster, yeah. really, of kind of ups and downs of, of of business. I think I want to ask a couple of questions here. The first one is about managing people, yep. so staff management and 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 building culture. And the second one is your personal decision making process behind. You know what? I, this is what I thought I wanted with the business, but you know, it's not really panning out as yep. I thought it was going to pan out. So let's go to staff first, right? So the first, you kind of, you start small, then you go into the salon, you got 14 staff members. I'm going to make the assumption that at that point, you didn't really know much about managing people. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at as, all. We, as we all, you know, the first time that we're kind of like, I remember when I first hired my few staff members, there was no conscious thought given to company culture. There was no conscious thought given to uh, performance. There was, you know, it was just kind of like, I need more people. Let me hire more people. We and, had a lot of yeah. them
0: from when we bought the business. Well, there you, you go. Know I mean? You so inherited stuff. It was inherited
1: staff, yeah. And it was like,
0: well, these people already have their way of doing things. Yeah. There was already a, you know, a certain culture. Already embedded.
1: Up. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And then walking into that as an outsider. And it was in, you know. 30 minutes out of the city, mm. um, had a completely different, you know, set up to anything I was ever used to. Yeah, um, And then, you know, as you said, then having to bring extra people in mm. and they got to deal with this culture that you necessarily haven't created is a massive thing. Yeah. Um, and that had a bucket load of problems. Mm. You know, there was mm. already, you know, there was, there was a lady who'd been there for- I want to say the better part of 12 years, Um, she was already sort of stuck in her way. There was nothing like she was, I think maybe 10 years older than me. Yeah. So m- me coming in and trying to, you know, do something. She was no. Nah, this is not, this is the way I've been doing it for 12 years. Mm. This, this is, is the way, way it's I do be it. Dumb. This yeah. is the way it's happening. Yeah. That. And then, you know, a couple of young girls and, you know, and then having your partner there, Mm-hmm so many different, you know, volatile situations, a lot of good times as well. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, staffing is, I want to say it's a lot easier when you build it from the ground up. Of course. Um. When you get to pick everyone yourself is a lot better. You have to learn to listen to your heart and your and your initial instincts mm. because they're always right. You know, you, you'd know you go through, you know, a hiring process or whatever. Um when I had when I started Robbie's Chop Shop and uh, you know, I had the my best mates start, that was fine, that's easy. Boys come in, all good. I hired next I hired uh one of one of my other best mates, I hired his cousin and he was, you know, Middle Eastern came here not long before, Mm. could barely speak English. Um, I needed someone desperately and my mate said, he knows how to cut. What do you reckon? I said, yep, cool. Like, I just need help. It wasn't what I wanted, Mm. but I needed it. So I did it. Cool, jump on board, teach you a few things. Cool, cool, cool. The next guy... Worked with a friend of mine in a clothing store. He'd been a hairdresser for 10 years beforehand. Mm. Got sick of the retail game. um, And my mate had said to him, friend of mine's got a barbershop. He's looking for people. What do you reckon? Cool. Come on in. He was awesome. Unreal. You know, we had a lot of good times. He only left because he was, you know, I think in his 40s and decided, you know, I'm done. All good. Yeah. Um, But when you ignore those initial instincts is when you get problems. Mm. You know, when you try to just hire someone because I have to hire someone, that's when you get the problems. When you hire someone and go, oh, they know what they're doing. They tick all the boxes on paper, but I don't get a good feeling about them. But Mm. I'm going to hire them anyway and see how it pans out.
1: It always goes bad. Never pans out. It always goes bad. (laughs) And it Ain't might happen within a couple of months or it might happen in a couple of years. Man, you know what, though? Like, it's one of those things where, you know, we can say that and and the listeners can listen and the viewers can view and until it you go does, through it. <laughs> it does not matter how many times. Because I got told that. I heard that. it. Exactly.
0: Yep. exactly. It's a famous story that I yep. like to tell a lot of uh, younger guys when they come into the shop and, you know, they're, they're still in their party stage and they're going out and they've got all these friends and all this kind of stuff. And I say, I remember this time when I was at a wedding. I was in my early 20s. I was at a family wedding. Mm. One of my uncles come up to me. We're having a chat. What are you doing later on? I said, oh, we're going out to town. Um, I'm meeting this person and that person, blah, 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 blah. And he said to me, later on, you'll be lucky if you have close friends that you can count on One hand." hand. I thought, yeah, what are you talking about? Yep. I got thousands of friends. I know half of Adelaide. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I get to my 30s
1: now, <laughs> and I'm, on lucky, I'm lucky if I got them. Yeah. I'm lucky if I got them. 100%. It's one of those things, man, with, you know, not just definitely applicable to hiring staff and, yep. and employing people. And, you know, my my personal business experience is, is very similar. You know, I've made every mistake under the sun when it comes to hiring people for reasons that I should not have hired yep. people or ignoring my gut instincts because someone's resume looked amazing. Yep. And then two years later when I had to fire him, I figure out that most of the resume was fucking bullshit, <laughs> you know, like just so many de- you know, or someone who was just a, like a really good people person, yep. you know, just great with people, it just lights up a room, so on and so forth, but can't follow fucking procedure yeah. if their life depended on it. Yeah. And, it, you know, I've made every mistake under the sun, but, you know, definitely the, the one lesson that, that I'm really happy you shared because it's something that, that I really believe as well is when you have to talk yourself into doing something. Yeah. It's a red don't flag. Don't do it. It's a red flag. Don't do it. When you, when you when your gut instinct is saying one thing and you have to talk yourself into doing something against what your gut is telling you to do. Yeah. Don't fucking do it. Exactly. Because your gut instinct is made up of experience and experience never lies. It comes back to primal instinct. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that inside
0: that's going, something bad's happening. Yeah. And I'm going to try and get you away from this situation. Yeah. And then it's outside influences that are saying-
1: Convincing you otherwise. Do it. Do it. Or sometimes yourself. Sometimes yeah. yourself, you convince yep. yourself otherwise because I got this problem I need to address or I need, you know, this certain situation taken care of or whatever the fuck it is. It's all bullshit, yeah. man. And it ends up, you know what? It ends up costing you much more time and effort and money in the medium term 100%. than it does just to fucking suck it up and, you, ta- you know, just take your time. Yeah. Um, it's funny because we're actually going through that at the moment <laughs> in Massive Joes. Is like, you know, we're looking for the right people, yeah. right? We're calling them supplement specialists at the moment and we're just taking our time. I'm just That's like, it. I don't give a fuck how long it takes. We're going to find it. the right people.
0: But you learn that over time.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yep. It's patience, really. Yeah. What's, um, you know, aside from that, because one of the things, anyone who's been to Robbie's Chop Shop, you guys have a great culture. You know, you walk in all the, you know, everyone's joking around and all the barbers say hi to every customer that walks like it's, it's, you know, world-class. Yeah. What advice do you have for someone who's trying to build, who has the opportunity, right? So you've got the opportunity, you've got a blank slate, maybe you've gotten rid of some viruses in the company and you kind of at square one and you're like, you know what, I want to build a fucking world-class company culture. Yeah. What advice do you have? It's hard because obviously not every business is going to be like
0: a lad's environment like a yeah. barbershop you yeah. can't you know you can't have that in a corporate world or in you know certain businesses you can't have that, but I think if you're truly passionate about what you're doing mm. you know the culture already mm. you know what you love about it, you know what you want as your end goal, what you would expect if you walked into the same business what 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 would you want to have. Mm. Like I, I I tell my boys all the time and I do it on a monthly basis. I go into other barbershops. I go and see what are they doing? Not to be nosy, mm. but to see different perspective. What do they do as, what do their staff do that I like, that I don't like? What's their setup like? Is it a nice, you know, is it clean environment or is it, you know, is 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 it messy or... Uh, Are they cranking music that, you know, might not be something that I would have in the shop or that constant finger on the pulse makes a massive difference Mm. because when you get sort of spearheaded into your own business, you sometimes go, oh, these four walls and that's it. Mm. You you miss out on that, oh, so-and-so is doing it this way or so-and-so is doing it that way not to copy, but just to have a different idea, yeah. different perspective. Um, and I think passion passion is what it all comes down to. If you're truly passionate about it, you want what's best and the best culture for it. If you can mirror that in your staff, that's it. And that comes down to your hiring process mm. and constant updates and check-ins with your staff, I literally just had a conversation with my brother who's got a couple of pasta shops. I had it with him an hour ago, Mm. two hours ago. If you constantly check in with your staff as to what their goals and dreams are for the next three months, the next three years, the next 30 years, if you constantly keep on top of that, you, you can't have a problem. And if you do, it's very minimal because you're constantly keeping on top of it. As long as they align with what you're doing, there's your culture. You can't have a culture by one guy trying to make a culture and the other people just sort of standing by. Yeah. Doing fuck all. Everyone has to have the same idea. And like you said, when you walk into Robbie's Shop Shop, everyone says, Hey, Gone, what's going on? They want yep. to know. That's the culture. Yeah. Genuine
1: passion. I just want, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, right, and you're trying to build company culture, you're trying to build a team, you need to go rewind and listen to the last couple (laughs) of minutes because I'm so happy you went there, man, because that is fucking world-class advice that so many entrepreneurs... Business people, people in um, positions of leadership within a company, team leaders, whatever the situation is, they just don't do it. Yeah. The way I like to think of it is, you know, when it comes to building company culture, is this right? Is I say to my to my staff members. This is my vision. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. The first step is to share that yep. with everyone within the company. Yep. So you, you if you don't share that, how the fuck is how anyone supposed know? to know what your vision is and what your passion is and what you what you see where where you see the company heading? Yep. So the first thing is to share that. The second thing is to say, you know what, you're giving up your time and your effort and a piece of your life to help me achieve my vision to help me fulfill my goals and what I'm trying to create, what can I do to help you fulfill yours? Yeah. Yep. It's a two-way street. Yeah. What do you want out of it? How, how am I helping you fulfill your five-year vision? How yep. am I helping you fulfill your goals? How am I helping with your fulfillment yep. in all areas of your life? Yep. It has to work both ways. 100%. Or else, you know, it, it, it's like any relationship with any person, right? You're banging <laughs> your got, head against the wall. It's got to work in both directions. Yeah. And I just think that that, you know, that piece of advice is having, sharing that vision and having those discussions with each and every staff member on a yeah. personal level and understanding what's important to you. Yeah. You know, what are you trying to achieve? Let me, through this vehicle that I have that is this particular business... How can I help you in my little way? Let's help each other. Exactly. That's that's the only way anyone's going to get forward. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that, man. Good. I love it. Good. <laughs> what about this, you know, re- this is recent as well, right? The bringing the business partner on. Yeah. Uh, gone up to two shops, you know, I had a little part to, to play with the business partner and you actually had a couple of people on the side. I remember had a meeting with a few different people and we were talking about doing some collabs and whatnot. And, you know, I remember thinking at the time, I didn't say anything to you at the time because, you know, you got to, um, do your thing. Right. But I remember at the time I'm like, this, this doesn't feel like what I know Rob is trying to do here. Yeah. This feels a little and so bit... so many people were in the same situation as you where yeah. they saw it
0: happening and thought, oh, yeah. do I jump in? Do I say something? What do I say? Yeah. A lot of people yeah. said it as
1: well. And mm. I just, you know, I was... Well, you got to do your thing. I was right? doing my thing. You got to do your thing. I was and, doing my thing. you know, thing. Who, who knows what, what that plan is at that point. But anyway, to me, it felt very kind of corporate and very abrasive to what I knew you were trying to do with yep. your brand and your business. But anyway... So this is a couple of years ago, right? So relatively recently. So you've got to the point with the chop shop where the brand is very strong, very, very strong. The business is very, very busy and you're like, okay, time to level up. Yep. What was the driver for that decision? And then what was the driver at the point where you've started leveling up and you've got to the three shops to go, you know what, this actually isn't what I had envisioned and this isn't what I want to be doing and now I want to try and back, you know, go back to to, to what it is I actually want to do. So the leveling up is just because I'm
0: an idiot in a certain way and I just like challenging myself and I keep thinking, what if I try this? Mm. What if I try this? What if I try this? So we went from, you know, the two, two chairs to the five chairs to the 10 chairs and it was all... You've got to weigh up the pros and cons. Yeah. Right? If I do this and it goes well, this will happen. If it goes bad, this will happen. How do I recover from that? There's
1: always risk associated. Always. With any business growth, right? Any scaling up of any business, it can go really well or it can go really shit.
0: And as long as you've got a plan B, do it. Right? If you look at the worst case scenario and go, I'm going to lose everything, but when that happens, I can start fresh and I can do this and blah, 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 yep. as long as the plan B is, is good, do it, right? That's always been my mindset. Mm. Same as when, you know, when I had the salon before Robbie's Chop Shop and I literally was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Mm. Worst case scenario, I'd, you know, it goes to shit and I'd wait a couple of years and I'd try something else.
1: You know what, Rob? I'm, I'm going to, I have to disagree with you on that because it's not actually a plan B at all. Right. And I'm, I'm very, I'm a big advocate for not having a plan B, for yep. having a plan A, but understanding the risks. Yep. Right. Because you, you don't, you know, ne- you've never had a plan B, right? No, it's you're, all always part run, of, you're always, you're always running. of the your same fr- plan. It's all your plan. It's yeah. all plan A. Yeah. But it's understanding that if I go down this path, there's a certain outcome that looks like this. Yep. There's another outcome that looks like this and being prepared for both of those outcomes. Yep. It's still plan A. Yeah. It's still the same fucking yep. plan. I agree with that. I, I yeah. like that. I do. I really like that. Anyway, That's a good, it's, a, to no, it's a good Sorry to interrupt, but I, I just had to I had nah. to throw my, my I, two cents in there. I here.
0: appreciate that. But yeah, so you know, and then going to the stage where all right, the shop's doing well, big shop's killing it, whatever. Business partner comes along. All right, let's try these multiple shops. I've I sort of had said it to him from day one that mm. when we talked about, you know, what's the vision and blah, 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 I said to him, I just want one shot. It's just got to be this. It's got to be that, you know. Then he'd been there for long enough that he was like, what if we just try it? And he talked me into it. Just Mm. let's just try it. We've got this opportunity.
1: There it is again. Partnering with a brewery. Having having to talk yourself into something. Let's (laughs) let's give it a shot. And he he got in there
0: enough that I was
1: like, "Yeah, fuck it. Let's just
0: give it a shot. And I did the same thing. I looked at the pros and cons and thought, if it goes bad, I'm not really going to lose anything. Um, It'll just mean that I have to shift a certain way and, Mm. and try something else. So I thought, why not? Um, But then as that happened, I saw the culture diluting. Yep. That was the major reason for bringing it back, Mm. descaling. It didn't have the same vibe in any of the shops. Yeah. And not only that, when you started to speak to people outside about Robbie's Chop Shop, they didn't have the same enthusiasm and passion that the previous clients had. You know, Mm. if people would come to the second or third shop as their first experience, Yeah, they were not going and raving to their friends, oh, I went to this place, it was unreal, everyone was so nice, like they're just lads, blah, blah, blah. It was like, oh, yeah, I got a good haircut and that was it. Mm. That's not what it's about. Mm. That's not what what, what I wanted for it. So that's where I sort of came to the, it wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. I was doing stuff that I wasn't passionate about. Yeah. And that's not why I started Robish Chop Shop. So bring it back. Take the plunge and rip it all out. I'm
1: going to ask you a difficult question. Go. Ahead. And I don't know the answer. Go. Ahead. But I'm just kind of putting pieces together and I'm I'm mirroring my own personal experience as well. Because at the time you're doing this, you're dealing with a divorce yep. and a settlement and yep. all of the emotional trauma that that entails. Yeah. Do you think that there was a little bit of like a playoff against one another? Like do you think that 100%. you were you were, you know, going, well, I've got this going on in my life that's not great. Yeah. So let me go and kind of balance the scales by going and pursuing this yep. in this area of my life. 100%. Yeah. It was
0: everything from like I said the business partner came on as a let me help you yeah. get out of this situation. Let me take it, you know, take some of the pressure off, blah, blah, blah. Sold me the whole story. Um, and then at the same time, obviously if you scale a business up, mm. you're very busy, you're very distracted, 100%. a lot of things going on. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not only working four or five days a week anymore. I'm working seven days a week again and mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 blah. That distracts me from what's going on. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. So it's – and it's – you don't even realise it's happening. Mm. It's it's that businessman mindset of same reason you scale up a shop, same reason you go from two to five to ten chairs is because you go, let me challenge myself. Let me distract myself with, you know, my business, which I love. Mm. Let me see if I can get some more love out of it to make up for – the stuff that I'm going through on the side. Yeah.
1: So yeah. It's overcompensation. hundred percent. It's, um, I've never actually put the two and two together yeah. with myself. Yeah. Like I have just now Yeah. having this conversation with you. Uh, and you know, the, the time, I think you, you were a little bit earlier than, than me when I went through my, yeah. my separation, my divorce and my settlement. Um, but this is the first time I've actually put the two and two together yeah. is I did exactly the same thing yeah. man. in 2018. It was like, okay, my personal life is like falling to pieces over here and it's really not good. Yeah. And so I'm going to overcompensate. I'm going to distract myself. It's a distraction. That's it's it. a, you know what it is? It's a, it's a businessman's coping mechanism. Exactly. It's, it's what we know. It's, yep.
0: You know, I'm not going to go out and, and get blind drunk or, you know, go on a crazy bender or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to throw myself into my business yeah. and see how crazy I can go there mm-hmm. so that I'm constantly on the ball on something yeah. so I don't have to think about this thing on the side.
1: Yeah. It's a huge lesson for, for the entrepreneurs listening is, you know, it's very easy. And uh, back to 2018 for me, like I made some really bad business decisions Really bad business decisions. Yep. So I look back on them now. Obviously, now I'm more experienced, and and you know so on and so forth. But I look back on them now. I'm like, man, what the fuck? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> but it's lessons. You it, know what well, I mean? it's, it's all the lesson, same thing. You know, if you get to
0: 100%. a hundred percent age where you go, I've yeah. got all these this life lessons bef- yeah. behind me. I can move forward. Mm-hmm. It's way better to have those failures and mistakes than it is. Not it
1: to is, happen. and and I, I'm very grateful for them. That being said, you know had I had this piece of advice that I'm about to give to the listeners and the viewers, it definitely would have been uh, very well received at that point in time. And that is as businessmen, as entrepreneurs or, or as business women, uh, make sure that whenever you're going through periods in your life where there's some negative shit happening in one area, right? So it might be, your um, personal life, it might be your fitness life, it might be family, you know, whatever it is. Don't overcompensate and use your business ventures as a coping mechanism yep. and as a distraction from actually going in and dealing with what you need to deal with in the part of your life that's not going as you want it to go. Yep. I think you're
0: a testament to it. If, if we can briefly touch on this. true, sure. As we said, your Separation was after mine. Yes. And yours is almost done. Almost. Very close to being done. Very close. Mine was almost a couple of years head start on yours. Yeah. I'm only just getting mine done now. Yeah. I think you sort of realized it, Mm. dealt with it a lot quicker, Mm -hmm. whereas mine was like, I'm just going to chuck it into the business and not worry, like it'll just get- handled, it dragged out, Yeah, that is, like you're saying, you need to deal with things Mm. and get it done. But as we know, you can get all the advice in the world from outsiders. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always come to mind, but just remember this talk for later. Yeah. When you're going through it and you go, ah, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. I need to get into
1: this. You need to deal with it. There's a big difference between coping with something and dealing with something. I I think, you know, definitely coping mechanisms are there for a reason, right? They let you get a bit of breathing space. Yep. They let you, um, you know, um, take... Fluff on things. Like you you know,
0: you can you can deal with life at the same time as putting this problem, you know, on a shelf and I'll get to that and I still gotta work and I still gotta, you know, have a family or whatever. Exactly. 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 Deal with
1: this bit by bit. But I think that the trap that a lot of people fall into is spending too much time coping with coping mechanisms. And as an entrepreneur, it can be business, it could be partying, it could be drugs, it could be alcohol, it could be, you know, whatever. Too much time in that coping period and not transitioning fast enough to the actually, what do I need to deal with here? Dealing it. You know, yep. what what needs to be done? What are the difficult conversations I need to have? What are the difficult things I need to do? And let me actually, you know, take the hammer and fucking hit yep. this nail on the head. Yeah. So, you know, I think whatever your life looks like and whatever coping mechanisms you turn to when you're dealing with something traumatic is, you know, use them for, for, for um, you know, what they're there. Take inventory, get some yep. breathing space. Yep but then as quickly as you can actually deal with this shit. 100% 100% yeah. that's yeah i want to uh it's a good segue because i i do want to dive a little bit deeper into this relationship yeah. um you know and, and in particular uh, both of us sitting here are divorced men uh you know we've we've had a stab at uh, at marriage in the past and it hasn't gone obviously as we initially intended i yep. don't think anybody goes into a marriage thinking it's not going to work no way. um but you're uh so your relationship, you met your ex wife quite a young age. Yeah. You know, early twenties. Early twenties. Uh, and then went straight into the salon business. Yep. Right. And then yep. got engaged, got married, had your daughter together, and then you kind of get to a point where well, I mean, in, in your own words, you you just weren't happy. Yeah. We we both, both
0: we we both weren't happy for a long time, but we were going through the motions. And, yeah, you know, both you know ethnic families, and there's always the pressures there of the families. Of when you're going to get engaged, when you're going to get married, when yeah. you're going to have a kid, blah blah blah. And you just you go through these motions, and you think at the time, it's what you want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes, as well, you think, oh, when we get to that next stage, we'll fix. You know, yep. this problem or it'll that'll make us happy when, you know, when we're engaged or when we're married or when we have a kid, that'll make us happy. Chasing
1: happiness. Exactly. Man. Yep.
0: Exactly. And it you're relying on that outside thing to make you happy. Yeah. And that's as we know, that's not where happiness comes from. It mm. comes from inside. Mm. And you have to get that out. Mm. Um so we weren't happy for for a long time and then it got to the stage where we just Realised that that was the right move and it's not easy. Mm. not easy in any form. Uh, Talking about the decision, making the decision, pulling the pin, going through the crap that goes with it. Yeah. Um, The ups, the downs, the the hate. There's a lot of, you know, same as the business mentality that we talk about. Mm-hmm. It's a pros and cons game. Mm. You've got to look at if it goes well, this is the way it goes. If it goes bad, this is the way it goes, and this is the challenge that I'm going to have to come up against. Yeah. But always remember that happiness is more valuable than anything. Mm. And if you're not truly happy in relationship or at work or in life in general, stop, mm. reevaluate, work out what your options are, and go from there. That's the best bit of advice that I can give.
1: I think a lot of people find themselves in similar situations. And, you know, uh, before my marriage, I was in a long-term relationship with my high school sweetheart, right? Like we met in, uh, I think I was like 16 at the time when we first started dating and, you know, through high school and whatever. We were together over 10 years, got engaged, and then, you know, we, we separated before the wedding. And I think it's a, it's a similar situation that a lot of people find themselves in is almost like relationships of convenience. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you meet this person, you're attracted to them. You don't really know what you want in a relationship, but they're kind of there and you're there and you kind of get along Yeah, and you know, you're together and you've been together quite some time uh, and it's been convenient to be together. So, well, you know, keep it going and let's get engaged and you know, and then let's get married and you know, let's have children and let's buy a house together and maybe let's start a business together and whatever it is because it's convenient effectively. And then you get to this point where it's like, you know what? I never actually had the opportunity to give conscious thought and be intentful about what I want in a relationship, what I want in a life partner and in particular, what's going to make me happy as yeah. a person? Yeah. And so many people get to that point, Rob, where they have that realization. Not many people ever do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. And that must have been incredibly difficult for yourself and, and your ex-wife to make that decision, yeah. especially considering your daughter yeah. was, was involved as well. Yeah. Talk me through the courage that it took to make that decision.
0: Well, this is this is something that not many people know. Um, a year or so before I separated with my wife, yeah, my parents actually split up. Oh, they had been miserable for as long as I could remember. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, you know good times and loving home and all that kind of stuff. Of course, it's not like it's miserable 24/7 yeah, yeah, 365. It's, it's not, you know. You know there's always ups and downs. Yeah, yeah. every
1: there's, relationship has ups and downs, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But yeah. when the downs exceed the ups, you got problems. Yeah.
0: And same sort of thing. They got together fairly young. My dad was or is about 10 years older than my mum. my mum was very young. Dad was sort of going through his, you know, late 20s, I think. Mm. Um but they, you know, stayed together, I think, out of convenience. Yeah. They got together. Um, mum was from Melbourne. They moved over here. Um, it was convenient. They started a family. Yeah. Convenient to stay. I'm one of five kids. Mm. Uh, very hard to, you know, how are you going to manage five kids mm. as a single parent, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was in my late 20s when they split. Um, and I was, not, I, was, I was not surprised it had been talked about so much. I was not surprised that they were splitting up. Mm. I was surprised that that actually pulled the pin after, you know, close to 30 years yeah. that it had actually happened. That sort of gave me a little bit of confidence, I guess, into mm. going, well, am I happy? am I just recreating what my parents went through Yeah. and am I going to wait until I'm 50 before I pull the pin or am I going to go, no, Mm. time to be happy. What do I have to do? Yeah. That was a big
1: kick up the ass. Mm. Yeah. What, uh, uh, I mean, it, it ties back to something we've spoken about already in this podcast, right? Is a lot of people will stay in relationships for, for convenience, obviously. Yep. But when it gets to the point where they're at the stage where they're like, you know what, this, this, is, this is not bringing me happiness, yeah. right? This is not bringing me what I want in a relationship. This is not bringing me what I want in a life partner. Once again, they kind of fall back into that trap of firstly, fear, Yep. Right. It's like, okay, well, if I leave this relationship, you know, a lot of the times it's, well, what if I don't find anyone else? Yeah. You know, it's like the fear
0: mindset to be in. It's I not, just want
1: to say it's not the fear of failure at that point. It's the fear of being alone, being alone. right? It's yep. the fear of loneliness yep. effectively. Yep. And it is, it's a, it is a terrible, you know, to, to stay in something that's not serving you, that's yep. not bringing you happiness because you're afraid of what, what exactly being by yourself. Like, You know, where where is is that fear even founded on? It's ridiculous because
0: being alone is awesome in the fact that you can level yourself up and make yourself exactly what you want to be, Mm. which then nine times out of 10 will attract the perfect partner. Yes. When you're in a bad spot and you're just looking for someone, you end up with rubbish. The worst.
1: Yeah. Because you're not- that's what you, you, should, that's what you should be afraid of. That's, you should be afraid of leaving a relationship and going straight into another one exactly. without giving yourself without, enough time without to- Without being happy. Exactly.
0: In yourself. Yeah. You can't be in one relationship and then jump into another relying on that person to make you happy. Yeah. That's not- Happiness comes from
1: within. 100%. So
0: you got to get that before you get someone else. Yeah. That's the, that's the key thing.
1: And then the, the second thing that, uh, keeps people in relationships that they really should no longer be in is other people's opinions Yep, is a huge one. Yep. You know, that was for me personally, that was massive for me. I was like, man, ethnic like, families, man. That's well, like, uh, what are the, what are the family going to think? Yep.
0: You know, what's, yep. what's going to, and especially yourself being a, you know, in the public eye, what's, yep. what's going to happen yep. on in social media, in opinions, yeah. what's gonna, uh, what's people gonna, I don't
1: even fucking know. Yeah. Like all these people yeah. are going to have
0: their opinions uh-huh. and all this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's another fear I, that there is basis for that fear though. Right. Same. Because you are, you know, we, we, we live in a society that, that judges people for, yeah. for leaving long-term relationships and yep. leaving marriages. And the way to overcome that man is, you know, uh, Really, the only person's opinion who matters is yours. Yeah.
0: You got to search for that inner happiness. Yeah, doesn't matter what people are saying online or what your family's saying or whatever. Yeah. If you're truly happy, yeah. nothing else matters. Mm. And then over time, that stuff dissipates mm. and your family will see, well, wow, they're actually happy. This yeah. is what they're like when they're happy. Mm. People will see that. You know, the amount of times I get, I get random people message me now and say, wow, you really look happy these days. Mm. Like that's insane. Yeah. Like an outsider can see, wow, he, you know, is genuinely happy now. That's a massive thing. Mm. So that stuff comes and goes when you're genuinely happy, nothing else matters.
1: It really does, man. Yeah. It really does. Last thing I want to talk to you about, Rob, because I think, uh, you know, your uh, part-time barber, part-time counselor, uh, <laughs> just the nature of the person that you are. And you know, the, the chop shop in particular is one of those places where it's funny because how it's kind of gone from what originally attracted you to the barbershop when you were a kid, yeah. right. Through, through your non-no and how you kind of told that story to, it's just a place where, you know, guys can go and just talk and, you know, and and just be open and be themselves and so on and so forth. And you've created that, now, you yep. know, almost 20 years later in, in the chop shop. Yeah. Um, but by nature of that, you, you know, you do get to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, different problems from yep. people <laughs> yep, Lots. in all areas of life. And, you know, I think that it's given you, um, quite a unique perspective on mental health. Yep especially from a male perspective. yeah, And it's one of these things that, you know, once again, it, it, it's still very taboo, yep. you know, like men, especially alpha males, um, yourself and myself would generally be considered alpha males, yep. are not supposed to talk about difficult shit. or feel they're, not, things. they're not supposed to talk about their feelings. They're yep. not, you know, they're just supposed to be like fucking brick walls, yep. uh, you know, deal with shit uh, and, and just never feel anything. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one, one of the things that I try and do with, um, a lot of my content, this podcast in particular, and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have tuned into this that didn't expect you and I to have this sort of conversation, (laughs) but we're here now. Uh, but I think that it's good, right? Because we're kind of showing that it's okay to have these sorts of conversations. It's okay to talk about this sort of stuff. And I had, um, I actually had a, uh, Instagram Q and a over last weekend where I got asked, you know, what are the steps to dealing with, it was from a, it was from a, a guy, it was from a male. Yep. What are the steps to dealing with past traumas that I just can't, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but I just can't, they keep coming back up. Yep. I just can't get them out of my mind. Yep. And I answered that in a particular way. I'm interested to get your perspective on the way to, actually deal with traumatic experiences yep. from a male's perspective? So Robbie's Chop Shop, let me,
0: let me start. Robbie's Chop Shop, we are male only. You may not know it. You may know it. Yeah. We've been in the news. We've, you know, we cop a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Where, where we've, you know, there's yeah. always controversy. No females allowed inside. It's yeah. just
1: for guys. And it, it's not discriminatory. It's right? not like it that's it why you that's what you're in the news for yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago was Everyone's like this got is discrimination. On Come I. on man. Yep. Le, you know, let's not the fucking political correctness. This is bullshit, right? We yep. have female only plenty um, of stuff, gyms, gyms and, and taxis and like whatever the fuck. Whatever they want. You just want to have a place where guys can go just be guys yep. and just talk about guy shit. Guy stuff. Whether yep. it's good, bad,
0: whatever. It's just to have yeah. a
1: spot. Yeah.
0: That is the main reason we are that way Yeah. so that there's a comfortable place for guys. And that has led to, like you've said, a lot of guys coming in and expressing things that are going on in their life. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of times where people are saying stuff that I've got no, I've got no experience on. Mm. I have never come up against, you know, I had a guy come in uh, 12 months ago in his 60s um, and he was going through bowel cancer um, and he couldn't talk about it with his wife because he felt, you know, ashamed and all this kind of stuff. And it's for him to be able to talk about that with us, I have no experience in it. Yeah. But talking through a few things, we hashed out a few problems and he was comfortable and happier when he left. Yeah. He's now a regular, regular client. mm um he's fine he's all good he's in the clear everything's good he's you know he's talked to his wife everything's sweet um but being able to take that first step and having somewhere somewhere and someone you can talk to yeah is one of the biggest things being comfortable enough to start the conversation mm. right the next thing is Everybody learns or most most people learn from experiences, right, good or bad. If you've been through a trauma mm. or something bad, the best way to learn is find someone to, that's been through similar stuff, work out what they did right and wrong, take the good, do it, Yeah, right? If you can't find someone like that, mm. find someone that's willing to talk to you will talk with you through the journey. Someone that you can check in with. It's the same as, you know, AA meetings, Yeah. you know, uh, drug rehab. It's the same as going to, you know, people have a massive stigma on going to see a therapist. Mm. Massive stigma. There is nothing wrong with it. Having someone that you don't know to talk to can sometimes be better than talking to your friends and family because there's no perception of oh you're too strong to be going through this or you're that's not the way you think or there's no judgment there's no judgment yeah so in turn having the barbershop as that sanctuary where you can talk and you might not you it might be the first time you meet these guys or whatever mm. having someone to talk to like that makes a massive difference so getting back to the question the only way to get through a problem is to seek help Yeah, in whatever form it is, right? I think talking to people is the best form of help. Mm. It's a good way to get past experience from someone else and use that to your own advantage, but it's also a good way to realise that what you think is the worst thing in the world, mm. and you might be going through a terrible, terrible time, might not be that bad in comparison to what someone else has gone through, And if you can look at someone's life and go, wow, they've been through some real shit and they look like they've sort of got it together now, what I'm going through is going to be fine and I'm going to come out just as good if not better, that's a – you can't ask for much more than that.
1: And you're never the first person to go through it. Never. You know?
0: Never. We've been around – human beings have been around for thousands of years. Yeah. This shit is as old as time, you know, whether <laughs> it really it's you know, relationship or work yeah. or, you know, really bad stuff, it's you're not the first. Yeah. And you won't be the last. 100%. So learn what you can, get as far into your future and your happiness as you can. Mm. And then I like to say to people take the time when you can to help someone else, right? Find the time to even if it's just once in your life, just go and help someone for no reason.
1: Yeah. That's it's good karma, man. Yeah. That's it always, it always comes back to 100%. you. I have, um, you know, to add to, it's beautiful, man. Thank you so much for, for, for sharing that. And, uh, you know, for, for showing effectively that having the vulnerability to have the conversation is, Okay. 100%. You know, you don't have to feel any sort of shame about it. You don't have nothing to feel, at all. Uh, any sort of judgment about it. It takes balls. It takes courage. And courage. Yep. To take that step.
0: 100%. So make it and make it with pride mm. and then follow the journey.
1: Yeah. 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 I think my, um, you know, the way that I, uh, I answered this question uh, in, in my Instagram Q and A over the weekend, was, uh, the first thing, and we've, we've touched on it in this podcast already in this episode is to stop coping and start dealing Yep is the first thing. So have your little, you know, take inventory, yep. have your coping mechanisms, do what you got to do, get to the dealing phase yep. as quickly as you can. Yep. Then stop running, start confronting. And I think that this is something that a lot of guys struggle with as well is actually feeling the emotions that yep. you need to feel instead of fighting against them and going, you know what? I can't feel sad. I can't feel upset. I'm, you know, I'm not, I think angry is probably acceptable, but you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't feel these yeah. sorts of non alpha emotions. Yep. The more you fight against them, the, harder they're going to fight back 100%. and you're never, you're never actually going to be able to confront them and, and feel them. So that's my second point is stop running, start confronting. And then the third point is everything you've spoken about, yeah. you know, seek counsel, Yeah, you know, lean into the lean into being vulnerable 100%. with people that you can trust, have yeah. the conversation, go and seek someone who you know has been through the same life experience. And you know, the funny thing as well, man is one thing that I've, I've come to realize is that when you do seek people who have been through similar experiences, They're more than happy to talk about it. 100%. You know? 100%. Like I've never had a conversation with someone who I've gone to to seek counsel and I'm like, you know what? You know, it's kind of difficult for me to talk about this, but I'm having to deal with this at the moment. I know that you went through a similar sort of thing. Do you have some advice for me? Never once have they said, fuck off. No. Not talking to you. No. Never. Why would they? They're always like, man, absolutely. doors open. Let me, you know, what can I help you out with? Yep. You know, let me tell you about my experience. Let me give you my advice. Yep. I had a conversation literally last week with with one of my mentors about something that I'm going through regarding um, the the ending of my yep. marriage um, and settlement and whatnot. And he was literally open book, yeah. like literally open yep. book. You know, what do you want to know? Yeah. Let me tell you how I dealt with it. Let me tell you the pros and cons. Let me give you my personal advice. You really guys, you would be surprised when you seek counsel and you lean into that vulnerability and you go in with just no fear of judgment, how much valuable information you will be able to get from whoever you seek it from. Yeah. And that's
0: like we've said, people need to go through mistakes and tough times to learn. Yeah. And usually when that's happened to you, like you said, you're more than happy to help it on. someone else. Yeah. That's, you know, and if you can shave time off of someone else's suffering, yeah. why would you not do it? Exactly. You know what I mean?
1: There's yeah. no one wants to see anyone suffer. Pass it forward. That's it. Man, thank you so much. Thank you for having it's me. It's been a great This has been good. Great chat. This is great podcast. It's we, weird uh... to be
0: talking like this without yeah. having the music cranking of the <laughs> shop and,
2: and all the know,
1: chop right? shop stuff. This is nice. This is like, <laughs> this is like Joe's shop. It's yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where I have these conversations people on podcasts and we go deep, man. Thank you so much. Um, thank you know, I really me. appreciate you making the time and, uh, and, and having this chat and being the open book that we've just spoken about, you know, um, nothing is off limits with you. And, no. you know, you said to me before we, uh, when I hit you up and I was like, man, is there anything you don't want to talk about? You're like, nah, let's do it. let just whatever. Let's just do so it. so we've gone there and you've been true to your word. So I just want to say, thank you, man. Um, real quick for the, the listeners and the viewers. Was where's the best place to obviously Robbie's Chop Shop, right? Yeah, where's the best place to find you? Instagram handle, Google. Instagram, Robbie's Chop Shop.
0: Best place. We're, we're always on that. Um, yep. If you want to book, robbie's chop We've got the new booking booking yep. system set up. And um, that's booksy, B O O K S Y. That's it. Yep. That's it. Um, if you look on our Instagram or our website, you'll find the link to book and all that kind of stuff. Robbie's yep. chop shop.com, maybe.au. Uh, we change we change it a few times I don't know but just
1: Google just Google it'll come up a couple of right, news right. articles will come up but you'll find the website eventually and awesome. That's it. And guys, you know, the one thing that we ask in return, if you have enjoyed listening to this show, if you've enjoyed being a fly on the wall between uh, Rob and my conversation, if you've taken some value, if you've taken some entertainment, if you've just enjoyed the show, the one thing we ask in return is that you share the show, can be person to person next time you're talking about the most recent thing you've seen on Netflix, the most recent song that you've listened to, the most recent podcast you've listened to, Drop Fitness Times Business in the conversation, or... Share on Instagram. Take a screenshot right now. Share this in your story. Tag myself at Joseph Menzel. Tag at Robbie's Chop Shop. Uh, and Rob and I will see those tags and we'll repost them for you guys as well. And we, we appreciate the, uh, the love. Rob, thank you once again, man. Thank you, brother. I you appreciate it, my man. Thank you. Guys, until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and if you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.